welcome to another episode of Laws and Grace. I'm Laws. I'm Grace. And today we're here with... Uh, Jace Van Meteren. Say it with confidence. <laughs> Jace <Jeez>. question mark? <laughs> He's not sure who he is, but, but he is here with us today. And once again, we are in person, which is kind of exciting for us. Um, and not only are we in person, we are in the house that Jace and I were... One of the houses where Jace and I have been roommates. <laughs> Off and on. Over the last few years. And I will say he's one of the better roommates I've had. Um, and so we're super excited to have you here today um, on our podcast. Thanks. Long time listener, first time attendee. Yeah, Jace actually, listens, <laughs> Jace actually listens to our podcast, so he gets bonus points for that. Um, not that our other guests don't, but um, Jace is like a fan. He like, you actually were like, we're like. Hey, One of the OGs. You like texted me and told me that you like it. I'm yeah. like, that always makes me feel good. <laughs> so if anyone else out there would like to text me and tell me that you like our podcast. <laughs> we're or, taking all compliments. Yeah, we take all compliments. Or even better, leave us a review. But anyway, oh. we're going to start off with the question of the episode where we ask a question that all three of us will answer to kind of get us started. And I randomly pulled this from a deck. Um, you should sponsor us, except I'm not going to say your name because I don't have the lid anymore. Um, <laughs> so, never mind. Um, the question is, and Grace, you have to answer first. Shoot. <laughs> if you could do anything in the next year, what would it be? Oh, oh crap. Is that a good one? If I could do anything in the next year? Yeah, what are your hopes and dreams for the year? Just the year. It doesn't have to be your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably travel full-time in our trailer again and or go live on Samoa, in Samoa, on the island of Samoa for a few years. I've always wanted to go live in Samoa, but I want to do it for like a couple years. Like I don't want to just go for like a week or like... be a local. Like I want to be a local there. Yeah. And so I would like feel like now's a good time in my life where I should just like up and move and live in Samoa with my husband. And like get jobs there and like be locals there. I don't know. It's you like cool. Samoa. I don't know. I just feel like it in my soul. Well, sometimes you just got to trust those feelings. I, I honestly think, <laughs> actually, I told Andrew this many times. I'm like, I think there's some point in our life where we will literally live in Samoa for a couple of years. And he's like, I'm fine. But he says we have to sail there. So we got to first get a sailboat. Oh, my gosh. Oh my and gosh. Then, so I don't know if that's going to happen the next year. But if I could do anything, yeah. maybe that's, that's what it would be. That's so cool. And continue this podcast and have it be like a full-time gig. Yes. That I do, like, from my sailboat. Get that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Seriously, you're, that's, like, there you go. dream. That's so dream big. Cool. Okay, well, wow. Yeah. I mean, I would also love if our um, podcast could be so successful that we... I don't know if I want to join you on the sailboat, but I would love to just be, you know, chilling wherever. But if everything was perfect and fine and dandy in life, um, I want to visit the Middle East. Um, but there's a lot of complications with that. But like my family is from Lebanon. I've always wanted to visit Lebanon. Um, I just talked to somebody who went to Egypt and really loved it and said that it was super cool. So I'm like, oh, Egypt would be cool, but I would like to visit like a bunch of different places if I'm going to go out there. That would be really cool. I feel like that's a whole year. Uh, or just part of not a year. Okay. No. I feel like it's a place where people don't get to go to very often. Yeah. Yeah, They don't think about it. It's like a very unique What's interesting about Egypt is a lot of people who live in Italy would travel to Egypt. or So I think that it is like a touristy place, but maybe less so for Americans. Um, right. Yeah. What about you, Jace? Um, in the next year, I, I think I would really love... So I've been working on, much like Lauren... I've been working on a musical. <laughs> I think the goal, I would love to be able to have it finished and, and at least doing readings on stage for the show in the next year, I think. That would be a huge goal. Wait, you got to tell us about the. I want to know about your musical. Yeah. <laughs> are we getting into I've, that in the episode? We could. Okay, I mean, we can talk about it. I wanna, yeah, we can talk about it. Some people keep their ideas on lockdown, but... Oh, um, shoot. Don't. Well, you don't want to like disclose tell us anything. As much I'll give as you, you a, a, a broad. I'll tell you what it's based off of. So, uh, this is my my elevator pitch. Yeah, go for it. Not an ele- a very long elevator pitch. 
but basically in the 1930s during the Great Depression, uh, in Australia, they were having kind of similar complications as the U.S., where no water, food was a struggle, uh, temperatures were crazy. So uh, a bunch of farmers were having some problems with uh, growing food that, that they had received. So, okay, I should back up a little bit. This is a complicated story. I'm, I'm liking it so far. The, the Australian government gave old World War I veterans some land so that they could farm it as like a gift, as a PR move to, to help their citizens. And uh, it was during the Great Depression times, so the land was not farmable. Things were pretty bad. Uh, and then to make matters worse, a bunch of emus, uh, the large flightless bird, <laughs> not an ostrich, they're different, uh, they started moving out from inland where they used to live and started ravaging farmland. And, and true historical documents will tell you that the emus were using uh, guerrilla warfare tactics to fight off farmers and fight off the people. So eventually, <clears throat> the Australian government declared war, an official real declaration of war on the birds. No way. Uh, very Australian. Very Australian thing to do, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, and lost. <laughs> uh, because... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at the, that. The birds, the skin was too tough on the birds. They had those old muskets, you know. They it couldn't, they, it couldn't penetrate. It would take over 100 bullets to kill one bird, so it was just too cost inefficient. Oh. <laughs> what? So, and so, how do you know? So, you know, you read that and you're just like... A musical. A musical. It's so good. It's such a good story. And so that's what? your historical the fact Great of the War, day. Emu War. The Great Emu War. Yeah, you can Google it. It was eighteen. Oh no, 1930s. That's hilarious. Yeah. Not hilarious, but hilarious. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like got hurt, right? Uh, no, no, no I don't think there was a single this. human casualty. Yeah, so it's okay. like even though they lost, like no. Were there any emu casualties? There were there were quite a few emu casualties, but it's it's crazy though because they would do things to protect each other. Like there was a time when <laughs> I'm just gonna, this is what the podcast is about now. <laughs> That's fine. This. No, it's fine. But <laughs> the there was a time when uh, the. Australian army got frustrated, so they bought a giant jeep with a Gatling gun on it, just and it started mowing down some emus, and it was the finally the one thing that was effective. But as they were driving it, one of the emus like saw all of its brethren uh, and falling and sistren, um, and it jumped in front of the jeep, destroying it, costing so much money destroying the jeep no and way. making it completely ineffective. Don't mess with emus. So. There's just like tons of little stories from the war like that where they would just do things that sucked the money out of the government. It's crazy. I just wish there was like actual footage. How did you I know, learn this? Right? These moments. Like, how did you hear about this? Um, in film school, really, someone was just talking about it, and I was like, "What if there was music as the emus were okay. fighting?" When that comes so since out. then, I, I've actually thought about it, and then um, when the pandemic happened, I got we I couldn't work. Because our industry, I mean, you can't really do that remotely. Yeah. So uh, I was like, okay, now's the time. This is a sign. So I actually wrote the entire thing during the pandemic. Which is amazing. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll be your, your first fan. <laughs> yeah. No, Lauren's right. probably your first fan. I'll be your second fan. Yeah. There's a few. But um, that is great. Yeah. That is something that I should also fit. Well. I should also finish something in this next year, but we can talk about that more later. <laughs> um, finishing, finishing projects finishing are projects. always good goals. I was like, let's think yeah. of something that is fun and not, um, yeah. no, it's, <laughs> not writing is consuming. fun too. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we've made a goal to finish our musical by the end of the year. Will it happen? Well, I also was like, I don't want to say this on the podcast because then if it doesn't happen... Say it. Right. Put, it, put, it out, put it out there. Put it out there. Manifest. Cut manifest, that manifest, manifest, manifest. Out. Um, yeah, no, manifesting is important. Um, I was just speaking of manifesting. I, was, I saw a Tony Award in real life the other day, and I was like, what kind of voodoo, like, manifestation? I was like, if I hold this, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if I hold it, like, 
into like towards my head. I was like, I don't know how to utilize this moment of me and like an actual Tony Award. If there's a way, like a spell I can cast on it. I have a, an image. <laughs> have you seen what we do in the shadows? Yes. I have an image of the one vampire standing in the window saying, "Come to me." Yeah, I really Come was like, to I was like, <laughs> what this energy, but into me. Anyway, musicals are the best. We could definitely talk about that. Um, <laughs> In addition to writing musicals, Jace is, you mentioned this a little bit, you're a filmmaker. Uh, you went to film school and you've been working on different projects as a writer, a director, um, product, pro- product, project coordinator, producer. Um, people always ask me what, like, what do you do? Like when I was producing and doing different things and I'm like, how do you even describe what it's like so you're working on a tv show as one of the projects you did recently what is it even like to produce a tv show it is stressful (laughs) um that's the best way to put it i it's it's so much of a catch-all like the reason why it's so difficult like technically my title on the show was a production coordinator right but Mm -hmm. essentially uh, you're a producer at that point um and it's just easier to tell someone that you're a producer because they're like, oh, okay, even though they have no concept of what that means. Yeah, it's like yeah. one less it's, term that, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. to worry yeah. about. So, but as a producer, you're you're basically in charge of making the show happen at all costs, which mm-hmm. gets very costly and it gets very stressful and it gets very hard sometimes, especially during COVID. It's been, uh, working on the show has been really rough. Um in the industry um so basically from day to day i'm ta- i'm looking at our schedule and saying oh we can film this this day film this this day film this this day and then hiring the crew and the cast and uh, organizing props organizing doing full script breakdowns to make sure that we Explain have everything that we need. Is. I feel like so, I'm Sean Hayes. <laughs> I gotta be Sean Hayes if any of you listen to yeah. Smartless where he's like, Explain this for my cousin back in yeah. Oklahoma. I can't remember where she was. Uh, a script breakdown. So basically, the show that I was working on is a sketch comedy show. Um, people may, I'll just, it's Studio C. If, if people have seen that, it's a pretty popular local show. But outside of Utah, no one knows what it is. So it's kind of like See, whatever. If you say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> know that. BYU TV is an international That's what they say. Basically uh, when you're doing a script breakdown because we're doing a sketch comedy show I'm taking a look at the sketch and saying oh this sketch has a giant elephant so Mm -hmm. I need to figure out how to locate an elephant Mm -hmm. or uh, this this sketch (laughs) has a mariachi band in it Uh, so you have to make sure you find the the cast that would work for that and then you find costumes for that mariachi band and then you find they instruments come their own costumes? uh for one of the sketches that we did yes so yeah. at that point when you, you sometimes you get lucky and you're like oh all in one but uh you just you're going through the script and you're highlighting different things and saying okay we need to make sure we get this we need to make sure we get this 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 we need to make sure we have this location we need to make sure that uh, this type of person is cast as sometimes there's like a, it describes a big muscle guy or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, so you're just going through the script and making sure you have each of those things and then looking at your budget and saying, OK, how much can we spend on each of these things? So it's it's a lot of that. Yeah. And that's a super important part of the process, because if you nail that, then production will go more. Yes. Um, for Unfortunately, for this year that you, I mean, you can prepare as much as you want, but then someone tests positive for COVID right. or um, someone has an exposure and you just have to wait until they test negative and make sure that you're not going to spread it. Because when you're on set, you're you're very in very close quarters yeah. with like 50 to 60 people. Yeah. If you're on camera, um, you can't be wearing a mask. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like... So it's, it gets really, really tricky. This this year especially, it was, it was really tricky. But that's kind of what a producer does. It also varies much from show to show that, you know. Yeah, I think that's another thing that people don't understand. It's like you can be like, oh, I produce something, and then you get on a different show, and you're like, oh, this is a whole... Yeah, like yeah, this a... show has an elephant. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other show is, especially if you're dealing with, um, you know, different time periods or sci-fi or, you know, you could do like a contemporary rom-com, and you don't have to worry about things like the effects or other things right 
moral of the story is it's a lot to think about for the <laughs> producer or production coordinator. How did yes. you, so do you feel like you're a detail-oriented person? Honestly, not really. Like, kind of, <laughs> but I, I think the thing the thing that makes me good at it is that I am good at doing things. Mm. And I think that is honestly what makes a good producer is, like, you know that this is, you have this list out in front of you. Or these are all the things that need to be done. And then you just go through the list. Like, that's that's truly what it is. And then making sure, I mean, when the fires happen, you put them out as quickly as possible. I, I think that I'm okay at getting the details in, but I, I think I'm just good at making things happen. It's kind of like a expect the unexpected sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, the big thing is that you're a little bit moldable and a little bit flexible with how you accomplish things. And I think that helps a lot. <clears throat> Yeah, I actually, like, I like the problem-solving part of producing, like, yeah. when somebody else caused the problem. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're like, hold on, let me use my brain to solve, like, we're on set right. and we need an elephant. I keep using that example. Yeah. But it's like, you're on set and we need an elephant, and you're like, wait, I heard this guy said he had an elephant one right. time. And you're like, that part of producing was so fun for me, because yeah. you're, like, swooping in to save and it the feels, day. And it feels so good when you make that thing happen for the cast or the writer, and and make the project as good as it can be. It feels really good. But I, I think at the same time, it's, it. I mean, for me in particular, because I'm not that detail-oriented person, it became a very big drain mm. on me. Mm. And I think with COVID as well, there, there were just like, my workload tripled overnight because of the pandemic. And, and I think that was a big thing that made me realize that sometimes you're not, fitting in your dharma like if, mm. to go into the yeah the hindi get realm into, no, yeah, like, get into that more white to, man yeah i know right <laughs> uh you're not fitting like i don't know i i felt like i was almost and i think this kind of goes into what we were going to talk about but i think this goes into kind of that imposter syndrome um we talk a lot when we when we say imposter syndrome i think we talk a lot about like oh i'm not able to fit into that Mm. but I don't think we talk about what it keeps us in if that makes sense Mm. so like I felt like I wasn't able to be you know one of the creatives one of the writers one of the directors of this show because I was like because I'm this yeah and I can't be that because I'm this this is the type of person that I am or this is what I am but it almost is like it's like a imposter reversal <laughs> where you're like forcing yourself into something instead of going after the thing that you want because you don't think that you can do that. Oh, that's really good. You're, you're limiting yourself to to a certain type of person you think you should be. Or yeah, you yeah. Um, be, uh, like for example, with with the show, I had just been doing that for so long that I was like, "This is what I am. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not able to be a writer. Yeah. I'm not able to be a director, or you know, anything more than what I am right now." <laughs> Which is, I, I think that happens a lot to people. Yeah. They get stuck in their day job, and they're like, "No, this is. I'm a salesperson. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and they don't realize that no, you can be the one that makes that new app. Like, you can make a new app. Yeah. You can do it. I'm, look, I'm looking at Grace right now because I feel like we've kind of been talking about similar things where it's like, you know, we're like, I don't really like fit into this, but I want, yeah, it's like, I yeah. want to do other things, but like, can I? Well, I feel like also that's kind of where the imposter syndrome s- starts is when you actually jump ship and say, okay, I am going to try this. And then you right. get into it and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> like, and then you like, you go back you, into you your hovel. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> oh, I'm just the, I'm just the copywriter. Right. I'm just yeah. the, you know, like. Exactly. And you kind of go back um, to that. Just the copywriter. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but like, but, I, but you go back to what you were doing because it's probably mm-hmm. safe and comfortable. But, right. And you almost say like, I, I could never do that. I'm not that good enough. I, that's what I do anyway. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm like, I could if I really wanted to. That's the thing. I tell myself, I'm like, oh, oh I could. Yeah. I could. I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing yeah. not to because whatever, like. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to feel that. Right. Imposter syndrome. And I, I don't syndrome. think people ever realize that, like, that's that's how everything, every big thing that you've ever watched, every big movie, every yeah. big, like, actor has all started from that. Just, like, being like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then you just do it. 
and which which is a lot i mean that's an oversimplification but like it is just allowing yourself to dive into it yeah i was reading i want to see if i can find the quote i was reading a poetry handbook a what um, now? <laughs> <laughs> I've been started. I've started dabbling in poetry, but uh, I hate poetry, but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, one of the quotes was like, "Emotional freedom, the integrity and special quality of one's own work. These are not the first things, but the final things. Only the patient, diligent, and as well as the inspired get there." And so, like to me, that's saying something like, "We just we dive into something we." At first, maybe we have to copy what other people are doing. Maybe we have to look at someone else and say, oh, uh, with that, with a painting, maybe we look at a, sh- a painting that we like, and then we try to imitate those strokes and mm-hmm. imitate those, you know, the forms that they've used, imitate even the style or the, the medium. And then eventually we're able to use that medium in a new way because we understand how someone else used it. Yeah. And so I think in the context of like writing and like just doing whatever you want to do <laughs> in this case, getting over that imposter syndrome, it's look at what other people are doing and it's okay if you're copying them. It's okay if you're bringing in other people's elements. Um, art I think is since the beginning of time has been something that builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing original anymore, but also there is everything that's original because it's built on something that was made before. You know, I don't know if that makes yeah. complete sense. There's but like that, that book that's like still like an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're, you're just taking something that someone has done before, but you're trying to put your spin yeah, on it. Yeah, you're putting your little spark on it. And that's okay. I think I think we we need to be okay with not being the revolutionary that we want to be. And maybe... We just take those steps and eventually we get to that final product where we've made something that truly is our own. Yeah. Yeah. I think people forget that we all have a unique voice just because we're all unique humans. And you can bring that unique voice to whatever you do. It's like no matter how hard you try and copy somebody else's work, like you won't be able to unless you literally like steal their image and post as your own. (laughs) Can you, let's take a step back real quick and just talk about what imposter syndrome is like how would you define it so if somebody's never heard of this idea how would you de- how would you define it um well first of all wikipedia i'm just kidding because I, uh, like, I feel like people kind of generally have an yeah. idea of it but what what's your definition well, well and i think too that's i think that's important too because i feel like imposter syndrome can grow and manifest in different ways for a different person like for me the imposter syndrome was i didn't think that i was able to do anything other than what I was doing, right? Um, I was fitting in a place that I was comfortable because I had been doing that for a long time. So I didn't know if I was qualified or if I was worthy or if I was capable of stepping up and being a writer and being uh, someone who could, you know, take more creative control over the thing that I was producing. So that to me is kind of what it is, is someone who, I mean, it's a circumstance where you feel unqualified or unworthy to to do something because of where you are like that you're an imposter you're an imposter (laughs) yeah um according to wikipedia (laughs) it's also known as uh fraud syndrome or the imposter experience um but it's a psychological i know (laughs) also imposter imposterism which i haven't heard but It's a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, um, despite external evidence of their competence. Yikes. That's, <laughs> and I think even that's really interesting because, like, for me, I don't know if it's ever been, like, the exposure that's been, like, keeping me from doing something. For me, it's, like, myself. Like, yeah. I don't think that I could do that. So, I, I, thought know, that, I thought that was interesting that they used the word doubt. Like, you doubt your skills. Not that you don't have them. Right. But you you doubt yourself of, like... Yeah. Like, you may be fully capable, but internally you're like, well, I'm not... Yeah, that's I'm a, not yeah. as good as... Well, I always say, so I'm not as good as so-and-so, so I'm not good yeah, at it. Yeah, the comparing... You know, like, and so... I know I'm, I'm not bad at it. I'm just not as good as I should be or I could be. Right. And yeah. so, therefore, I don't fit. Right. That's one how the, I, like... One of the best things I've heard about that is that it's, like... 
there are Burger Kings across from McDonald's everywhere. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, there's already a McDonald's, so I didn't need a Burger King. But it's like, there's always space, like, because you're like, oh, somebody's already doing it, or somebody's probably going to do it. And it's like, there's space for literally almost the exact same thing. <laughs> Just somebody's going <laughs> to prefer one over the other. Yeah. And not to mention how many McDonald's there are across the world. But um, I think it's it's so important to think about that, even though it's like, even if you can tell yourself that, you still can feel the imposter syndrome because <laughs> it's like, yeah, rationally, I know that I could do this or that, but it just creeps in. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the number one, I think that fear is like the number one deterrent of art in general. Just the belief that like, oh, someone's already done this. So how can I, and they've done it better to, mm -hmm. to combine those things. Yeah. Like someone's already done this, they've done it better. How am I capable of making anything worthwhile? Do you feel like um, this was the first time that you kind of experienced this imposter syndrome with your, with your previous job? Um... I don't know. I I don't think so. And I think I think for me it's manifested in a lot of ways. Lauren has been present for like 90% of my career. I hired him, tw I hired him <laughs> twice times. And and I think I think a really good a cool thing about um, working with good people and finding good companies to work for is that you have people like Lauren who are like, "Oh, that maybe this person has not done this before but i feel like they are capable of doing this okay and and i think that's a good way to combat it but going sorry going back to what your question was um i i feel like imposter syndrome for me is manifested in a lot of ways uh especially i mean i grew up in utah in a very religious household and later it came out as gay and so like being in a religious setting and kind of trying to figure out where I fit in with that setting yeah. was a pretty, I, I mean, this is a weird correlation to imposter syndrome, I guess, but it, it felt like a similar thing where I was like trying to turn, I was, I'm out, I was out of my Dharma, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it was, a, it's that same thing where I know, I know inside that this is what I need to be, but I keep pushing myself in a different direction because that's where it's safe and comfortable. Okay. Mm. But was it really even comfortable? Oh no! But <laughs> yeah, like, but you tell yourself yeah. that. But but it, but that's the thing that you tell yourself. You 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 keep telling yourself that like, oh, this is going to be. It's it's going to be too difficult on the other side. Yeah. It's going to be too scary. It's going to be. There's going to be too many consequences. Yep. And then it happens. You get on the other side, and you're like, okay, this was a lot yeah. better. <laughs> it's better. Well, that's where I'm convinced. Slash, maybe my therapist told me this, but like that most of anxiety comes from the conflict from the dissonance of mm -hmm. like yeah i know what i should be and should yeah. is a should is a scary word sure. like, but like i know what i i feel i should do or i want to do or whatever word you choose and i mean maybe it's the dharma thing i don't know no <laughs> i truly i truly feel like... we we grind up against those things yeah. we there's there's something inside us where we we do something or say and it's like this in our everyday life we do or say something and we're like ooh that was not right yeah and like you feel it all, all the time you're like ooh whoops that that wasn't right that's not what I should have done um and then you take that and you learn from it and you say okay mm -hmm. this is the direction that I should go if this circumstance ever comes up again I need to take this other choice instead of mm -hmm. grinding up against that yeah. that option and I I just feel like that's a big part of imposter syndrome is that we keep grinding up against that bad option. <laughs> And trying to make it work. And trying and, to and make tr it and work. And convince yourself that this is this is the best. This is the way. This and is the best way for me. Instead of allowing like what we actually want to be the thing that we chase. Um, obviously, the circumstances for everyone is I don't want to like say that. Yeah. You just go do what you love because sometimes that's not an option. Yeah. Like people need to make money, they need to live, and and that's really hard. And you know, but I think there are ways to implement what we love into our life. If I wasn't work like while I was working on Studio C I would come home after a <laughs> after like a 16 hour day and then uh write something and that would make me feel better or take a pic like take photos I love photography um just as a hobby 
I just love taking film photos and getting them developed and seeing how they turn out. Um, writing poetry has been a new thing that's helped me kind of come down from that grinding um, until I quit my job and then there's no more grinding. <laughs> so you did quit. I did quit. Uh, oh. Yeah, so there were a few weeks left in the season, but I decided to leave the show. How did you make that choice? Um... It, well, a lot of encouragement from friends. Like, I know, a little, I know a little piece of it, but... Um, but I, I think in the end, it's it's something where you're like, it's just not worth the strain anymore. And I, I feel like there was a very similar... Um, there's I had a very similar reaction when I was about to come out. I think it was like, it was to a point where I c- like could not be there anymore. I could not be yeah. in that place anymore. Um, and just as a quick disclaimer, I am one person, if you want the full queer experience, you should get a lot of different people. Um, I am a simple white man who only knows so much. Well, I mean, like to put this in context, they actually, there are a lot of things trying to change in the film industry right now Yeah. about how long the days are and like burnout in, in this industry is very real regardless. So it's like you're dealing with that on top of this imposter syndrome right and and where i'm yeah exactly i'm i'm dealing with ridiculously long days and and being working doing the job of several different departments because of covid you know doing so much work and then on top of that i'm like but i if i could be here then i would be happy Mm -hmm. um and if here being as a writer a director something in the industry where i was able to be more creative than just scheduling everything and making sure that uh, all our equipment is reserved and things like that. Um, I feel like creatives kind of get this like, like, oh, you just want to do something creative? Like, you think you can, like, write poetry? Like, I mean, I get that all the time. Not the poetry thing. I don't write poetry. But people being, like, I feel like some things that have kept me from, it's funny because I feel like it's only a few people in my life, but it's like those voices stick in your head. Like, who are you to yeah. not work a nine to five job while yours was yeah. Yeah. fourteen hour job? <laughs> but that's that's the crazy thing is that often those creative things, like you don't see the hours that get put into it, yeah. anyways. Yeah. But but yeah, I know what you mean. Of those those negative comments stick to you much more. I remember as a kid, uh, me and my friends had you know as one does a YouTube channel, um, <laughs> and it was like moderately successful. Like we had like a thousand plus subscribers, um, fairly consistent viewership. Like people liked our stuff. Um, and every once in a while I'd look at the comments and there'd be a thousand, not a thousand, but there'd be like a bunch of really positive, fun comments from our friends or Uh like, you know, or, or just people that liked it. And then there'd be one comment that was like, why do you, why do you have acne all over your face? (laughs) Or like go cleanse your face. Like, you know what I mean? And and then you're like, but that's the one that you remember. Yep. Yeah. You don't you don't remember yeah. those twenty plus good comments. You remember the one that told you to wash your face. Ugh, I hate internet trolls, but that's a, <laughs> but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, and I think that I mean going back to imposter syndrome, I think that very much contributes as well. And I think often we're the one negative comment. Ooh. Like Ooh. we <laughs> we have that we see other people again like there's that comparison factor Mm -hmm. all those things where everyone's telling us you know we write one good thing and everyone's like oh you should write more you should write more and then we're we tell ourselves no because it's not going to be as good as this yeah why why would i even try to write this that's why you make sure your first one's not that good (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um because that's how i feel about my first one but um no left check is good first of all left check is really good Second of all, when it was adapted to stage, it was very it was fun. Very good, yeah, it was better. Um, yeah, let's not get into that. But <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I well, and I think something that people 
don't realize about creative work is it's like it's your freaking soul you're putting <laughs> yeah. into it yeah totally you're it's, so vulnerable with that kind of stuff it's like when i'm filling out a spreadsheet i'm like do 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 i can do this while like listening to music or blah blah, blah. but when i'm trying to write a story with like real emotion and feelings yeah. it's like afterwards you're like i need a nap yeah like, and <laughs> you have to like and, and you almost can't listen to music and you can't yeah. do all those other things you can't watch something in the background because you're so you have to be like sitting there alone with your thoughts, which is first of all very scary. <laughs> and then you have to just make it happen. Um, it's it. It really is like this. Yeah, exactly. This whole of your soul going into it, and and when you're on the producing end of that, where it's a project that you don't love, and you're putting you're forced to put your soul into this because it's taking so much of your time. It really again, there's that grinding that really puts you in a bad place. And I think you you just got to get out of it. Like, <laughs> it's really hard and it really sucks. But it's it's something that you really can pull yourself out of. And you should. I think it is important, though, to bring up the... I don't know if... You, do you work in the industry? So I did... Uh, you edit, right? I did broadcast journalism. Okay. So, so yeah, a I, little not, bit different industry. Yeah, but I don't do that now. So... But. <laughs> But like in the film industry right now, there's, a, there's a vote happening, for the union to strike or not, because of the working conditions, right? Mm-hmm. So like, people are working like, twelve hour days and getting like a two hour turnaround sometimes because I mean 12, 14, 16 hour days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twelve hour minimum. That's yeah. the thing. Because well, just to clarify really quick, so twelve hour out, twelve hour day is considered normal. And in the then, film industry. In the film industry. Um, and some people don't count lunch, so that's a 12 and a half hour day. And then often certain departments will have to come early so that they're there before the actors, like makeup, wardrobe, production, lo- location. <clears throat> they have to get there before everybody because that's part of their job. Mm-hmm. And then there are some um, some departments that take longer to wrap or, yep. or you're going and you have to pick up your rentals before you get on set. There's just a pretty much every department ends up being more than a 12 and a half hour day so then you're into a 14 hour day or more and then if you have any kind of travel time um to your home any kind of commute um there's been issues with people falling asleep like it's it's a very like people dying because yeah. of the amount of work they're doing it's like a legit serious issue but for some reason it's been allowed to just be considered normal so like yeah. every, and for well, in, in no other industry would it be acceptable but yeah so and for, it's not only just one day either like it's yeah, multiple days you're doing it yeah, every day yeah like because i mean every every job has sometimes where you not every job but where yeah. you have to put in a 10 hour day every sure. once in a while or whatever but consistently Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, this definitely happens in other industries. But the other thing is... And the compensation can be so messed up because you have PAs that are there from the beginning to the end. They have to be be the first one in and the last one out. And... And sorry, I'm getting like heated now. Sorry, no, well, I, mean, I, like, I need to back off a little bit. <laughs> it but... makes me so mad. To, I know because this is why. This like, is why. I quit. This is why I. This is also why I focus more on writing too because. At, like, 28, I was like, I'm too old for this. Yeah. Like, if anyone, if you have any kind of, like, physical, like, um, any kind of physical, not even disability, but especially if you had any kind of disability, like... If you're not in, like, pristine shape all the time, Because also, often on the film set, you are, well, pretty much always you're on your feet the whole time, and you are moving things, you are, like, like, if you're doing almost any job you're like moving set pieces and like moving like heavy equipment camera people like those camera those cinema cameras are not light yes and so it's like you have to be in peak condition right and And often you're you're yelled at if you're not so if you're a pa and you sit down for a second second, often you're yelled at for stuff like that which is crazy again pas are getting like two hundred dollars a day or less yeah which hourly doesn't come out to very much And then you, so when you're in your 20s, you look around and you're like, can I, is there any way I could do this in my 40s? Yeah. Is there exactly. any way I could do this tomorrow? Exactly. Like, yeah, and, then, and then your turnarounds, so to go home and sleep, maybe you only have like nine hours. So then you're not seeing anyone. Right. You're it's not literally seeing your family like if you work. have them. You're not, you're definitely not sleeping enough. You're not getting your chores done. Your you house can't. is a mess. Your car is a mess. Anyone who works out. 
And when they're like, oh, I'm okay. like, I can't. Because like, there are some people that like, you know, they want to stay in shape, and so they're like, yeah, I worked out before I came here. I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, very rough industry. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, and, and it keeps, it also I think perpetuates the idea because it glamorizes those roles that don't have to put in those hours. It glamorizes the actor that, and and again, there's talented people. Like I don't want to like take yeah. away from those people. There are very talented actors. There are talented directors. There are talented writers, but the those people are only there for a few hours a day. Like yeah, depending. Depending, but, yeah. but but you have I don't know. But yeah, uh, and they are making the most. And they're making the most. <laughs> they're making the most, and they're keeping people below them in those positions. Often, yeah. it's just it's a very disruptive industry, and. Uh, it's really rough. And I think, you know, it, it opens up the question, too, of, like, accessibility, which I feel strongly about and yeah. we have felt strongly about in other episodes of this podcast, whereas I just don't know how... Yeah, people are completely excluded from the industry because yeah, of that. which sucks because, yeah. once again, we need that perspective and a lot of... Yeah, especially in the creative industry, voice is, like, so essential. Yeah. Anyway, so you get into these because even, like, the other... The other issue, too, is that you don't have consistent hours. So if you have a night shoot, like, all, I feel like we've just learned so much in general, like, about the importance of sleep and the importance of consistency and sleep and diet yeah. and, and whatever other things. And it's, like, you just, unless you're, you're, like, very high up or very, or, like, you're big enough name where you can demand certain things. But even those big names have to get up at, like, 4 a.m. and be yeah. honest. No, totally. It's, it's just, it's crazy to me that in other like big tech industry places they're like oh what if we did a four-hour work week yeah and then in the film industry we're like what if we push to 14 hours yeah, <laughs> yeah. for yeah i feel like we're behind we're behind the times yeah. and and it's like what bugs me about even a 40-hour work week sometimes is people stop being productive and so it's like i'm on these sets where i see people dragging and i'm like we're not getting as good of a quality of a production as we want right because people are exhausted so even if you don't care about their personal lives which you should <laughs> you're not going to get as good of a product and you pay all this stuff in overtime i mean there's so yeah. many reasons there's why. so much money that you're losing because of all of these crazy hours and there are people like some tv shows are crazy hours too but there have there are certain showrunners that are like Mike Scully is one example who did um, The Simpsons and uh, Parks and Rec. He was like, I want people to have dinner with their families. And he's like, because those are where you get ideas, yeah. right? Like, from yeah. the, like you have to live to have ideas. If your whole life is on a film set. You're, that's all you know. That's and that's where we know. end up with a bunch of shows that are just about making about movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You have, you have all those Oscar-winning movies that are just about movies, and you're like, this is bullcrap. Or about, yeah, writers write about writing. I'm like, get outside. Um, anyway, I, apparently, yeah, we feel strongly about these things, but. <laughs> so we can cut that whole thing out if you want. Well, I mean, it gives you, it gives you the perspective <clears throat> At least of so. how. <laughs> it was a lot. Well, so it gives you the perspective of, of like how hard you're working for something you don't care about. It's like, yeah. I think some people legitimately can go to their office job and sit there and put in the work and go home but when but when you're working and sleeping and that's all you're doing that it hurts a lot yeah it makes it it definitely pushes you out faster right well we were talking about this earlier today lauren about how like you're putting all this time and energy into somebody else's dream you're putting mm -hmm. all this time and energy into making somebody else make money like <laughs> you know for them and and if it's not I don't, I don't know if this would be imposter syndrome but if it's not a good fit like if you are not enjoying it if you f are limiting your ability and you're, you're doubting yourself to your growth, or, you know, stopping yourself from growing. Yeah. Like, it's not worth it. You have one life. You only have so much time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're miserable, if you aren't growing as a person, like, it's not worth it. Because all you're doing is putting your energy into making money for somebody else. Yeah. Like, no, no, don't get me wrong. You have to, I understand, we have to have jobs. Yeah. And like, yeah. Being part of a collective whole and stuff. But if you don't feel like There's it's a way to beneficial to you, like yeah. it's a it's a relationship. Like you have to benefit them, and they have to benefit you. And that, if yeah. scales aren't balanced, <laughs> and that's a really good point too, is that like I feel like there's a lot of film sets where where they try to give back to their employees a lot, and that's great, and I think people should keep doing that. But I th I think in in my case specifically, and yeah, I just say this because if it's relatable, it's relatable. But 
um, there, I didn't feel like there was anyone who valued what I was doing. Because okay. mm. there, and, and I think that's a huge thing with like, that helps you get, maybe get out of imposter syndrome is like, once you feel undervalued, like you, you know that you need to do something else. Yeah. You know that you're, yeah. you know that you're good at what you're doing now. Yeah. So like, it's time to move on, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there, like there was, so, uh, we kind of, uh, the show that we were doing is split into two kind of sections and one we do live shows and then in another one we do, we call them offsets, which would be like the digital shorts for mm-hmm. SNL so or they're, whatever. they're not in the studio. Yeah. Just, just not in the studio set. on location mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and so at the end of the studio stuff, that's when I decided I was done. Um, because we had an immensely massive show. We did a full musical episode, which those are always insane. Yeah. FYI, musicals are not They're just so movies hard. with music. They're so <laughs> hard to make because you, because you're getting good actors who are also good dancers, who are also good singers, who are also, you know, there's like so much that goes into a musical. So we, I, and, and I ended up having to do that, all that, all that by myself because my coworker uh, called in sick. They couldn't come in. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing all of this work, like a crazy amount of work while also COVID, we had to COVID test 400 people because the <laughs> audience and the crew all needed to be tested before they could go into the show. Um, and so like so much work and we also had a guest star who I don't know if I'm allowed to, I, I won't say who it was because it I don't air? know. It'll, I think it airs in like a year. Oh, yeah, probably don't say So, that. <laughs> I won't say it, but a, a, a fairly high-profile, like, guest star. Give us a hint. I don't... I don't want to say it. <laughs> 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 that, that, that is the part where I'm a little bit worried. Okay. Um, but, so, I mean, that, when you have a high-profile star, you have, like, rental cars, you have hotels, you have whatever they need. <laughs> Often they have their own handlers, but in this case, they did not. So, it was just a lot. And I just remember um, we had a little bit of a, like, halfway through the show wrap party with, like, food that I, again, had, had to organize <laughs> and wrap gifts that I had to, like, get ready and prepped. Uh, and I was just sitting there handing out wrap gifts, and I was like, I need to get out of this. You're like, that's a wrap on me. That's a wrap on me. <laughs> that's a wrap. But, but right, after, right as that happened, the, one of the other producers came up and was like, hey, when everyone leaves, can you load a bunch of chairs and tables into the truck for tomorrow? And I was like, I need to quit. (laughs) After I had just had a, I I think it was a full 16 to 17 hour day. And I was exhausted and angry and tired. And then, and I I feel like if you know me, I don't get angry super easily. I I feel like I'm a pretty smiley person, a pretty personable. You're literally smiling as you're telling the story. But like, and so when that happened, I was just so upset. And it was the, it was actually that weekend that I wrote the email and was like, hey, thank you so much for this. It was a good time. Um, I'm going to be done at the end of this week. Mm. And I'm not going to go on to do the offsets. Um, And, you know. In the film industry, it's scary because people, when you burn bridges, people do not work with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I tried to be very like, I'll help you find a replacement. I'll stay for the week to help wrap up the studio stuff. Um, but I'm not going to come back for the rest of it, which is, it was scary. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was definitely, I, I yeah, it was one of those times where you have to really listen to yourself and be like, I am not happy right now. This thing that's supposed to be making me happy is not making me happy. And I need to leave. Yeah. That's, that's, I think we've all felt that at (laughs) some point in our lives, right? Yeah. Well, it is interesting you bring up appreciation too, though, because I, so like for the last nine months, I've been working for an employee appreciation software company. And like we, we have this whole platform just for that. And it's like in writing lots of different, blog posts and material for them it's like so many people will stay at their job just if they're appreciated yeah it's mm-hmm. like they don't yep. value they value it more than money they yeah. value it more yep. than and so it's like any yep. managers listening to this like 
maybe if they had come up to you and said, JC, you've done such a great, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, no, you, were too, you were like too far at that point, but it's like, <laughs> it, it well, might've kept you for another week or like, yeah, yeah, I, no, maybe I would have stayed for the offsets. Like yeah. if they they have like a little bit of a, so the, the <laughs> this is something that's, weird. it feels petty maybe, and I maybe shouldn't be mad about this, but um, while I was setting everything up outside for the rap party for the studio stuff, um, everyone was called in for a crew photo and they didn't come get me. Oh, yeah. And I was like... You're like, I ran this show. This wouldn't have happened without me. I felt like I did this whole thing and not a single person came up to me and was like, thank you. Like, this was amazing that you did this by yourself. Which, uh, and not to like, you know, to my own horn or whatever, but like, it's not an easy thing to compile all of those elements together. And that's sad. I mean, <laughs> it was like, yeah. it's like I you think, walked out of the family photo. No, I, 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 wa- I literally walked into the studio after everything was set up and they were just coming down from the photo and I was like, Are you kidding me? Nobody thought yeah. to say, you know, where's James? Yeah, like, exactly. Sad. Well, and I think, okay. I it just, it, yeah, it just makes you feel super undervalued. Yeah. yeah. Like no one cared. And okay, before I was like, if any <laughs> managers out there, but I'm like, I also need to remember this in my personal life. Like, yeah. how many people do you just like assume they're, gonna do be there do things for you and it's like i need to say thank you more often yeah totally yeah so what advice would you give to somebody whether it's in a work setting or maybe like a personal setting where they kind of feel this friction between yeah what What advice would you give to someone (laughs) i think there is i mean communication is like a huge thing and, and depending on the industry that you're in, I feel like a lot of employers, at least if there's good ones out there like that you're working for, a lot of employers will help you to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so like keeping that communication really open and being like, I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing. Um, and if you and honestly, I didn't feel like I could have that conversation at the work that I was in. And I think that's a pretty good indicator that you should exit that situation. That's mm-hmm. a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like you can have a conversation with someone yep. about your productivity and about your current job, I think that is a good indication that um, you're being kind of placed somewhere. Yeah. And sometimes that's you placing yourself somewhere. Sometimes that's someone else. But I, I think you, if you can have an open conversation and just say, I'm not feeling satisfied here. Can I move somewhere else? And if that's not a situation that is possible, I think you maybe should start looking for something else. Um, and the nice thing is that if you're employed, you can still be looking for a job yeah. <laughs> while you're employed yeah. and be yeah. getting paid. Yeah. No, it gives you freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. So when you, when you're in when you're somewhere where you're working, you can apply for jobs elsewhere. I guess that's the Well, yeah, the and I, I will even be. say, even if you like your job, like, always be open. Mm-hmm. That's This is what yeah. I tell people recently. I'm like, I'm open to any opportunity because you just never know what's going to come up and maybe you'll be like, oh, that could be fun. Yeah, I, that's, I just remember, so, the, like, I'm, I'm interviewing to do research and development, which is not something that I have done like a lot of before but I feel comfortable with writing and I feel comfortable with like doing research and stuff like that so I think while you're looking for those other jobs yeah don't be afraid to reach a little bit above where you are or where you feel like you are because employers I I think one thing that I'm really finding is that employers don't actually know what they're looking for (laughs) yeah um especially and and especially when it comes to creativity and Mm -hmm. like video and writing and producing they don't understand what goes into any of those creative processes um and i mean if if you're not in a film industry obviously like people just don't don't deal with that very much and so just apply anywhere try get that interview and then like tell them what you want to do with their product like i think that that is a, a really good way to get somewhere where you want to be just apply for those jobs and and sell yourself make it make yeah. it happen yeah yeah i think going in and being like here's what i can do for you like it's yeah. like like don't yeah that imposter syndrome is really hard but just tell them your ideas and often those ideas are good enough to get you where you want to be just well and i think you mentioned this earlier but having somebody there that like if whether it's well if you're in the job having somebody there that has your back 
yeah. that can support you and say, no, no, like listen to what he's going to say. Or, you know, like, yeah. it makes a big difference. Totally. With, um, with helping you kind of get past that. Like, I am good at this. I am talented. Yeah. I do have good insights. And, and often that's a good indicator when you apply for somewhere and your recruiter <laughs> is vouching for you. Like, mm-hmm. that's a good work environment. Yeah. That, that person yeah. is going to sell you and they're going to help you yeah. stay. Like, they're going to help mm-hmm. you have a good experience at that company. That's good advice to recruiters. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice. I feel like this. Yeah, if you, <laughs> no, if you're good, if you're a good recruiter, you should be number one hype man, <laughs> like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, is there? I feel like this has been really enlightening to me too, because I feel like there's a lot of things. Like I've been kind of dabbling with starting my own video editing business, yeah. and like you know things like, and I love doing it, and I know that I'm like, I know I have talent, I know I have skills, but I constantly like if I do something, like okay, for example, so. Um, my brother just invited me to do a documentary for him in Alaska for this like snowmobile race. That's awesome. And my first thought was like, heck yeah, like yeah. let's do this. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm talented. I can do this. And then as soon as I agreed to do it, I was like, I am not good at this. Like I'm not yeah. really good with audio. Like, you know, yeah. and I start going yeah. through all these things of like, well, even in my head, I'm like, Lauren would do it way better than I would <laughs> even do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and I start going. And you don't want to ruin that product for someone exactly. else. Exactly. And that's the thing. I feel the weight. Cause I'm like, this is kind of like a once in a lifetime experience. Like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to miss the shot and be like, I should have done this or, totally. you know? Um, so I feel like there's a lot of things like that in my life. Even with this podcast, it's like somebody else could do the same thing we're doing and be way better or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they wouldn't be us. That's true. But the thing <laughs> is, true. is like deep down, I'm like, I know I'm talented. Yeah. I know I'm capable. And if I don't know how to do something, I know I can figure you out can how Google to do it. it. Yeah. And I know I can. I know I can give a good product at the end. Now, whether or not you like it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> sure. like matters. But like, I know that I can create something that somebody would like. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you also, I think it's like if you mess up, you you figure it out. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It, exactly. Everything everything is such a process, and and allowing yourself to be part of that process, the good and the bad, is so important in getting through yeah. the yeah. imposter syndrome. It's okay if if this whole documentary flips over. Yeah, like, yeah. If that's okay, the next one will flips be good. Over, yeah, you know like Snowmobile. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't. But, it, but I, think it, I think it's important too, like the part of the human experience is I feel like we all have these experiences, right? Like even like the highest of the high people that like, you know, have, all, have it all quote unquote figured out. Like they're probably experiencing similar things. You yeah. know what I mean? And like even oh, us, sure. all three of us are, we all have different, we have similar backgrounds, but different, you know, different experiences but even all of us can think of a time where we're like oh yeah that's me like yeah, yeah. or I'm like read any memoir yeah, yeah like they Everyone, all start with like I don't think I could do it and it's yeah it's why, true why do you think so. we're like that why do you think do you think that's like a societal thing think, to like kind of I do think I, our society doesn't allow for mistakes as much as we should and I think in the in a creative industry that's a really big thing too yeah. is everyone's like expecting it to be a quality product is it because I so think much too, money's put into it I think too there's a money issue yeah, yeah. I think everyone is like, I have to be at the top because there's millions of dollars at stake. So I have to be the one that handles this. You cannot handle this. And I think people actually put people down because of that too. So it starts to sink into us. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I I feel like we all experience it at some level. Like, well, because I think, yeah. And maybe, maybe it's a comparative society as well. Maybe it's just about like, there's so many people who need to be better than other people but they don't see themselves as better i don't know well in the corporate world i mean think about it you know from the what 50s on it was this climb the ladder yeah like you have to put the person next to you down so you can go higher Mm -hmm. and you have to work your way up and you have to prove that you're you know and that's the measure of success exactly that's how you know you're successful is you're no longer the entry-level position you are a middle manager or yeah. you are a director of this department or you know and that that's how you you know that you're successful but even the people up in those situations like i've been in manager positions like even you're like sitting there like i don't know what i'm doing yeah. like yeah. well not that i don't know what i'm doing but, but like but you're somebody you're playing... can do this better than me yeah yeah and you don't have to have it all figured out yeah because yeah. they don't ceos yeah. don't have it all figured out no. presidents don't have it all figured out it's like yeah was it you that said anyone can call themselves a ceo yeah you know, <laughs> like... oh it's so true my controversial linkedin post yeah. as seen on linkedin um yeah because it's true like anyone can start a company especially nowadays it's yeah yeah and so then i i just think about mindy kaling's book why not me i'm like even if you only read the title like why not you yeah 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 why not me it's like no one had done what she had done before but it's like we each are doing that in our own 
sphere, right? It's like, okay, lots of people have done things they've never done before, before. Otherwise, they would, you know, nothing would ever happen. And so I think we just have to remember that. It's like, you got to do things you've never done before to, in order to do them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like our audience to know? Uh, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. It's, it's really, you know, it's hard to quit your job sometimes. Trust me. Yeah. But I think it, in the end, it really is worth it to get over that grinding. Yeah. And maybe it's not. Maybe, like, a listener's experience isn't specifically job-related. It could sure. be, to, like, a personal thing. Or yeah. Maybe a relationship get out of that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really, like... Break up. Break up. <laughs> but really, like, I, I think... with your boyfriend. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate you sharing your insights, you know, both professionally and, and personally, your experiences you've had. And I, I don't know. I think... Yeah. I, I mean, I needed to hear some of that. I did too. Absolutely. <laughs> Every episode, I'm like, oh, well, I'm learning things. Hopefully, but, our listeners too uh, as well are. You definitely some. are listening. Our listeners are learning things. <laughs> if you're not, go listen again. Yeah, go listen. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I hope that was no, directional. That was no, I Thank loved you. it. That was awesome. Yeah. I feel like we covered a lot of things. <laughs> no, so great. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And, yeah. um, Anyone listening, if you'd like to leave us a review, um, as long as you don't include how bad our acne is, this is why you do. This is why you do a podcast. No one can comment on your face, but please leave us reviews, especially nice ones. If people want to follow you, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, I'm Jace Van M. You spell it? J A S E V A N M. DM me all your problems and I'll solve them. Just kidding. Ooh, Don't do I'm, that. I won't. I'm going to take you up on that. Um, and uh, if you want to check out my portfolio, you want to I'm I write you something. I don't know. Uh, it's jacevanmeterin.com. You can send me a message there too if you want. We'll put those in the show notes so anyone that's listening can find those links. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Laws and Grace because we post the highlights of episodes and... Um, other things so you can keep up to date on the podcast and our podcast guests <laughs> and thank you for listening and go do your thing that you want to do